Roll humps to all my fighting camels worldwide. I'm your quarterback, Hodge Malik Williams, and you're listening to the Orange and Black Podcast. What's up, everyone? Welcome into another edition of the Orange and Black Podcast. Campbell's coming off a big win on the road at Hampton, where they secured a 30-27 to win in Virginia against the Pirates. Uh, just a reminder, this episode is brought to you by the King Campbell Grill, located at 174 North McKinley Street and downtown coach right up the road from campus. You can come on over to the King Campbell Grill to enjoy their award-winning wings and burgers before or after any Campbell home game. Guys, as we gear up uh, for basketball season and start to have some baseball content as well as our ever-flowing football content, be sure to subscribe to Orange and Black on our Substack, uh, and you can get a premium subscription and join our Discord channel where we have all the behind-the-scenes information uh, there for you. We have a lot of fall ball content for baseball going on in the chat right now. Obviously, coming off a huge year for the Camels on the diamond, there's a lot of buzz surrounding the program and a lot of flamethrowers, it seems like, that we will touch on later in the podcast. Also, as you're gearing up to head to the Campbell versus UNC game, you can secure tickets and get $20 off your purchase by, through SeatGeek by using code orange and black pod and that'll get you $20 off your ticket purchase. So if you're heading to see the camels take on the Tar Heels in Chapel Hill in November, you can take $20 off your purchase. But let's talk about football. Dylan, how you doing today, man? Good. Moving up in the world. Seek geek offers? I mean, come on. I mean, take advantage of that. If you're gonna go see the camels play the Tar Heels. Uh, Seat Geeks. Have you Seat Geek for the uh, the Carolina and South Carolina game here in Charlotte? Beginning of the year, I uh, was able to see my seat before I got it. So use Seat Geek uh, to to get that. Uh, but doing good. Uh, we're off to uh, great great start. Um, Campbell's winning. I'd like to see that and love to see that and. Uh, I think interesting breakdown of this game. Um, a lot of things we get good, a lot of uh, um, things we, we need to work on and uh, probably a not top 10 sports center moment that happened. So uh, glad to break it down. Yeah, that is directed at you, the Hampton punter. Uh, but honestly, it was kind of a heads up play, but we'll get into more of that as we move forward. Dylan, there's just a lot of excitement going on right now. We have football going on, obviously. Basketball is less than a month away. Fall ball for the Campbell baseball team is going on. Uh, Scout day was this week, and a lot of exciting action there. We'll touch on that later. But let's start with this game as Campbell was able to secure their 30-27 to win over Hampton, get back on track. We touched on it heading into the game that this was a chance to get back on track in CAA play and kind of gear up uh, to finish out the season strong. And Campbell was able to do that. Campbell started out the game down uh, seven to nothing after Hodge Malik Williams threw. And, uh, you know, something we're not used to, he threw an interception early. Hampton was able to get an early lead, but then Campbell's able 
uh, to come back and answer and really take control late in the game. Uh, Hampton was able to get back in it late, but Campbell was able to hold on. And if we, we've talked about this a lot, Dylan, but it seemed like Campbell was able to play a full four quarters of football. Heck, they even got a, a safety in this game. So, I mean, what else can you ask for when you're talking about all phases of the game when they're able to do that? But Dylan, what did you see from the Camels this Saturday? Uh, we're a little late on the pod this week, but we're heading into a bye week. So a little bit of chance for everybody to breathe and relax for the Camels. But Dylan, what did you see from Campbell on Saturday against Hampton? Like you said, it, it's all facets of the game were were clicking uh, on this um, offensively, defensively, and I mean special teams with with the heads up safety um, getting to the punter and punter had having to kick it out of bounds because he had no other choice. So, um, but it's great to see all all facets of the the three parts of the game working together and. Um, we came up with some great things and um, we finally got the running game uh, back on point for probably the first time since probably the William and Mary game. Um, so it's good to, good to see that. And um, cause I think if you get the running game going, it, it makes Hodge Malik's, uh Hodge Malik's job much easier um, cause he doesn't have to just throw the ball the whole entire time. I mean, he only had 21 pass attempts compared to some of the previous games he's had. Um, two touchdowns for him, very, very good. Um, and two touchdowns for McKay and uh, Rodgers as well. And so um, just good to see all facets of the game working. Um, Hampton kind of coming off the struggle bus, knew this was going to be a hard game for them um, with a, a, a Campbell, a hungry Campbell team coming uh, into Hampton, wanting to uh, – wanted to right the ship and they, and they did versus Hampton. So uh, good to see from them. And uh, still, we got to work on that um, run defense. I uh, gave up a, a lot in the run defense, um, but the Campbells, what they usually and what they have been doing in their wins is um, outscoring opponents and um, the defense is the bend don't break. So whenever it breaks has been bad, whenever it has a break, um, it's been good. Uh, just a couple of late uh, touchdowns by Hampton made it a little bit close, but it was Campbell's game um, through and through. Um, just Campbell making it, deciding in the fourth quarter, made sure you had to stay for all four quarters. So um, just good to see you all the way around. And um, I think for the first time all, all year, Hodge no sacks, which is really, really good, keeping them upright. Um, so uh, my gold star. Um, for the week is the offensive line keeping Hodge Malik um, upright and uh, good, great run blocking um, and giving Chris McKay and Nakari Rogers um, all the open lanes um, to to get stack up the rushing yards as McDowell was uh, injured, as uh, uh, Coach Minner said on the Campbell Call podcast um, Monday night. So. Um, good to see that we can step up and get all facets of, of the game working versus Hampton. Yeah, Dylan, heading into this contest, we talked about Campbell's need to have a balanced offensive attack, and they did just that. Uh, they totaled 202 yards on the ground, and then Hodge Malik Williams was able to add 238 yards to the air uh, with two passing touchdowns. So really, Campbell was able to have that balanced attack, and as you touched on, uh, Campbell was doing that without uh, their top running back, McDowell, there. 
But that just shows you the depth in the running back room. Uh, whenever you can come out and still have a two over 200 yards rushing uh, with your top back out. But, you know, you, whenever you are able to establish that running game, we've talked about how great Hodge Malik Williams is, but whenever you're able to establish that running game, that's whenever Hodge can really shine because then that defense doesn't know what is coming. And you take a look at Hodge Malik Williams. He's number two in the nation in completion percentage with 74.2%. Uh, completion percentage there and then he's also number four in the nation in pass efficiency so whenever you have an elite quarterback like Hodge Malik Williams who has been stellar all year he had the early interception but was able to still have a great game when you have that kind of talent behind center and then you're also able to establish a run game it keeps the defense off balance and then you're really able to have a solid offense um, attack there for you um, let's let's talk about kind of the flow of the game uh, the game was tied 14-14 with 7:21 left in the third, and then Campbell was able to uh, get a passing touchdown. As we spoke of, Hodgmalik Williams had a great game. He connected with Ezra Anderson, who has had um, a great couple games lately. He caught a 12-yard touchdown pass to take the lead, and then Campbell was able to get a great response uh, later, early in the fourth quarter. The next possession, Campbell was able to stop, uh, force Hampton to punt. And as we have joked about a little bit, um, and what the center hiked it over the punter's head into the end zone, uh, to the credit of the punter, he was able to punt it out of the back of the end zone just for a safety, as opposed to Campbell being able to recover and getting a touchdown. But something that leads to that and something that, that we joke about a lot is Campbell's ability to be able to block the punt and, you know, Alex Santiago has had a lot of those over recent years, um, and it seems to come in clutch moments. But when Campbell is able to really apply that pressure on a fourth and long and they really want to go after that kick, um, there, you know, that kind of forces the defense or the punt team uh, to kind of get scared, and, and, you know, and they know what's coming. And when that happens, they hike it over the punter's head, and that leads to a safety and ultimately kind of turns the tide of that game. Campbell was only up by a touchdown at that point. They got the safety. They were able to come back right after that on the next drive and score another touchdown, go up 30-14, to 14, and kind of have control of the game there late in the fourth quarter before Hampton was able to come back and make it kind of close, but Campbell was able to hang on there. Um, let's, let's talk about the defensive side of the ball. We've wanted them to be able to step up. They had some struggles in the run game, but a lot of those yardage came, a lot of that yardage came late, but Dylan, what did you see from the defense? Um, as we talk about the complete effort from this Campbell team? Yeah. Like you said, it's a complete effort. Uh, George Wilson getting a sack is huge. Um, Ed Dennis with two picks on Chris Zilius, um, is also very big. Um, Ed Dennis has been a monster lately. Um, on defensive side, kind of all over, all over the board. So, um, good to see him contributing, um, and just everybody contributing as well. Um, just being there, um, on the defensive, um, uh, only gave up 391 total yards, uh, which is, um, uh, not the best. A lot of that was rushing yards. They only gave up 147 passing yards and make uh, Chris Elias, uh day just a little bit harder, throwing two picks, um, but did throw two touchdowns. Um, so just making his life harder, they had to rely on the running game, and their running attack is really, really good. They have two uh, very good um, 
running backs and Darius Butts and Elijah Burris, who um, both of them total uh, over a hundred yards. So um, it, it's, it's good to see that the, the bending was only just a bend. It didn't break. Um, so it's good to see as well. And also um, in terms of penalties, uh, like you said, the, the past couple of games, uh, we've been riddled by penalties. The penalties were down a lot um, this week, only five penalties for 50 yards, which is uh, good to see compared to 10 for 90 yards or 10 for 100 yards. That just makes it a, a long day when you're fighting behind the sticks each and every single time. So, um, But the defense um, did really well, contributed on all sides of the ball with sacks, tackles, tackles for loss and interceptions. So, uh, if you can get your defense flying like that each and every single game and giving it back to um, Hodgeblick and even the special teams, um, like you said, Alex Santiago um, has been there in those clutch moments. So if you can give your ball, uh, give the ball back to the offense and uh, like they did to the safety, um, giving it back to the offense, two play 68 yards um, with a Chris McKay rushing touchdown, uh, quick offensive um, drive with a touchdown that, those moments can turn into backbreakers. Um, it, it was it was almost it was essentially a backbreaker for Hampton. They made it close towards the end um, with two long drives um, themselves, um, one early in the fourth quarter and one late in the fourth quarter. So, um, but those can turn into backbreakers in the games. And when it was thirty to fourteen, some of those teams give up and and kind of say, "Well, this is kind of it um, for this game." Um, Hampton did not do that. They made it very interesting, but if you get into a situation late in the season where you get into a 30, 30 to 14 type of game where you've had a safety and a quick touchdown, it can, it can be over, it could be over really quickly, um, for teams facing Campbell. So, um, but yeah, good defensive overall. Um, just going back to the point at the beginning of the year, I think coach Brenner said that they were 55%. Definitely a hundred percent type of game where they're um, doing everything on all facets of the defense, sacks, tackles for a loss and interceptions. So uh, good to see them contributing and being stat suffers this week. Yeah, a good performance from the defense, and really, you know, they got those points late, uh, which kind of makes it seem a little bit closer than it was. But Campbell really dominated in the fourth quarter, which is what we have been asking for: is the full. Uh, four-quarter complete game for the Camels. Heading back over, talking about the offense for a second. Hodge Malik Williams has been great this year, but that only comes whenever you have some great receivers to go along with it. Every week, we've kind of seen a different person step up. VJ Wilkins has been awesome this year. He's been rated as one of the highest receivers in all of SCS by PFF. This week, you had Cheney Fitzgerald, who had four receptions for 107 yards. And then he also added in Ezra Anderson, who I touched on earlier, caught that uh, touchdown pass to give Campbell uh, the lead whenever it was tied. He had four receptions for 45 yards and two touchdowns. So really, whenever you're able to spread the ball around, you have some talented uh, receivers on the outside. You're really able to spread it around and give Hodge some options. But it makes it difficult for the defenses to prepare for that. And when it's somebody different every week, um, it, it's really hard to defend. But on the defensive side, we were thinking that all these transfers, that's where there was really going to be an impact. But I really think that in this wide receiver room is where we're truly seeing that impact 
And as the defense continues to grow together and get better, if they can continue to be solid and this offense led by Hodge Malik Williams with this talented wide receiver core and a deep running back room, it's going to pay benefits down the road as we continue um, to head on into CAA play. Dylan, what are your, your final thoughts for this game? You know, we, we predicted before that we you definitely said that Campbell was going to win it uh, easily. And late in the fourth quarter, it seemed to be that way. Hampton was able to come back. But overall, Campbell had a great offense, great offensive showing and was solid on the defensive side of the ball. But what are your last thoughts on this game before we kind of take a look at the rest of the season as Campbell is on a bye week this upcoming week? Yeah, um, I'd give it up to Hampton's credit. Uh, Quashon Townsy was all over um, making Campbell's uh, day just a little bit harder, 18 tackles for himself. Uh, so I got to give him uh, respect and a shout out for him um, for making Campbell's defense just a little bit harder. Um, but overall, good Campbell win, good turnaround, um, good to get it into the bye week um, with a, a W in the, in the win book um, and and some learning processes. Like uh, uh, Coach Minner said, uh, they're going to take everything that they've had at the beginning of the season. This works perfect because it's it's essentially in the middle of the season, more or less. Um, so it's good to look back on the kind of the first part of the season, see where their strengths are, see where their weakness is at, see what they need to go into practice with. Uh, I think Coach Renner said they'll have, I think, three practices this week um, and then give the guys some rest. Um, so it's, it's good to see, and uh, some of those guys need the rest has been, um, a very tough schedule facing two top 25 teams. Um, Elon, who's kind of knocking on that door being a top 25 team and, and kind of looking at the beginning of the season, great wins, um, some unfortunate losses, um, and, and facing some tough competition. And then you kind of look towards the back half exactly what you're going to get. You're going to get some teams that you should be winning against and some teams that um, Campbell is going to go against are going to be a little bit tough. You got um, number eight, Delaware, who's um, more than likely going to go up in the standings. And then you have the all important game in Chapel Hill where it's non-conference. It's you just go out there and see what you do. And, um, that'll be an interesting preview. I saw the Tar Heels, um, like I said at the beginning, um, against South Carolina, completely different defense. Um, and Drake May looking like a different quarterback. So interested to preview that game <clears throat> and, um, see how Campbell stacks up and where they could, they can make Drake, Drake, Drake's May, Drake May's life, uh, just a little bit harder because, I mean, Appalachian State made it hard. South Carolina um, made it hard towards the end. So uh, I think that'll be interesting. It could be a top 10, maybe top five. I think that'll be a little bit stretching, but I think it's going to be a top 10 team going into Chapel Hill on November 4th. So um, all around um, good first half of the season. I think that's more than we expected, especially coming to the CAA. Um, with uh, the big win at Monmouth um, and the win at Hampton. So I think uh, you can call this a W um, for the first part of the season. 
Yeah, Dylan, you take a look at Campbell's schedule thus far. Obviously, you open up with William and Mary. Uh, that's going to be a tough game no matter what. And when it's the first game of the season, you have a lot to figure out. And as we touched on this defense, they have grown every single week. So you don't expect a lot there. The only the only game, especially in CDA play, that you look back on and you're like, man, we really missed this opportunity was against Elon. Campbell had a chance to win it late. But in CAA play, uh, it's not the Big South. You play more than two games, it seems like, you know, and when we were in the Big South, it seems like you only had like a four-game conference slate. So still a chance to rebound. Campbell obviously dropped that uh, matchup at North Carolina Central. They could have won that. But that doesn't really move you around in the CAA standings. That's a non-conference game. Would have been great to win against a top 25 program at the SCS level, but Campbell wasn't able to do that. But now Campbell sits at uh, three and three overall and two and two in the conference with two very, very winnable games in CAA play coming up after the bye week this Saturday. Campbell welcomes in Maine for homecoming next Saturday. That'll be a big one. Homecoming's always a great uh, weekend full of festivities. Uh, that game is at 4 o'clock on October 21st. And then Campbell travels to Richmond. That'll be a good test. Richmond, uh, historically, is the FCS power. They're kind of down, up and down this year. Uh, so that'll be a good test before Campbell goes to the you-have-nothing-to-lose game in Chapel Hill against the number 12-ranked Tar Heels. That will be a fun game. And I know a lot of Campbell fans are going to make their way there for that game. Like we mentioned earlier, use SeatGeek to Orange and Orange and Black Pod for $20 off your tickets. But either way, I don't care how you do. Go, be loud, have fun. I know uh, myself and a bunch of uh, buddies from college are going to go, and we're just going to have a good time and embrace the moment of Campbell being able to play against an ACC school in a real season. Campbell played against Wake Forest back in the COVID year. Nobody was able to go. But Campbell is going to travel to a top 25 program to face off against them. And Dylan, we think about where this program has grown. We've touched on this a couple times this year. But whenever you're playing non-scholarship football, you don't get the invite to play in Chapel Hill or in Raleigh or in Winston-Salem or beyond to an ACC school. Campbell has positioned themselves to do this now. And it's one of those things that... Look, you're getting paid to go there. So you're playing with house money. Look, uh, let's be honest, North Carolina is probably going to win that game. But anything can happen, and it'll be a fun test. After that, it really kicks off. If Campbell can win the, those games against Maine and Richmond, that game against Delaware on senior day is going to be huge with a lot of implications for not only the CAA, but for the FCS playoffs, Campbell still has a chance to make their way back into that conversation before finishing the season out at North Carolina A&T, a team that they are familiar with from the Big South and again, that should, they should be able to win. But Dylan, Campbell does have the opportunity to finish out CAA play, uh, winning these next four games and close out the conference slate with a 6-2 and two record. And that's something that's going to have a lot of national attention, especially with the caliber conference that the CAA is. How do you see Campbell uh, closing out this season? We can talk a little bit about the UNC game, but as a as a whole, and especially focusing on CAA play, what do you see the Camels doing to close out their next four CAA games as, as well as that game in Chapel Hill? 
Yeah, I, I'm kind of starting with the CAA first in, in general. Um, I, I believe it's setting up in, in their favor um, very, very well. You kind of got the what you quote unquote called the hard part of the CAA in terms of this year. Um, and just to go back on the back half there, I mean, they're three one away, unfortunately, Oh, two at home uh, with that close loss to Elon and, and the tough loss to William and Mary. Um, but they're three and one away this year, which is really good. Um, Mike Benner and the staff got to be patting themselves on the back. Um, going three and one away from home um but kind of looking towards the the back half of the schedule i mean you, you have maine which is should be a very winnable game uh they're very down this year um and we'll preview that next week on the pod um of what they've been doing this year um and then you have at richmond like you said um in previous years uh, they've been kind of on on top of the caa getting those um, auto bids into the FCS playoffs. Um, so that, that should be a winnable game for the, uh, for the fighting camels. And then North Carolina A&T at the end of the year, I think that's a very winnable game also for the fighting camels uh, make their life really, really hard. And then you kind of have the, the second circle, if you want to say it, um, the biggest CAA circle at the end of the year with Delaware. So if you can win against Delaware um, and only have two losses in conference, that's going to have a, a, a lot of FC when they come with the FCS pl- uh, playoff bracket. Um, Campbell's name might be written on it um, going somewhere, making the FCS playoff, especially with how the CEA and the FCS looks at the CEA being a very tough conference um, to play in. Uh, with a lot of uh, top 25 schools. I mean, you have William Mary, you have Delaware, you have New Hampshire, you have Rhode Island. Um, you have a lot of great schools in the CAA who are in the top 25. So um, the SCS values what the CAA brings to offer. So if Campbell can um, go in it with only two losses, that would be great. Um if they can go in with three losses, I still think you have a case to make um, with the committee to let you into the playoffs. Um, so I think there three CEA game or CAA games that are uh, very winnable. That Delaware game is going to be very very tough. Um, but I think the Camels, especially at home, going to want redemption against a, a top ten um, SCS foe, um, and they're going to right the ship compared to what happened to William Mary. And then you have the North Carolina game where it's just like you go out there and see what you can do. And um, I'm going to be the big believer um, in this, um, not counting the camels out. Drake May has has been prone to throwing picks and, and making it close. He threw two picks against South Carolina um, at the end, and I was there, and they were – um, I'm going to go ahead and say it. they were boneheaded picks uh, that kind of kept South Carolina in it, even though they could have crushed South Carolina. Um, and then App State took it to the absolute limit on three overtimes later that they had to beat App State. Um, and then from there, they've had um, what I call the cupcake of the ACC schedule this week. They got Miami. Um, if Miami doesn't make another boneheaded call, um again um Oof. hopefully yeah hopefully mario cristobal has learned his lesson um but we said that the first time around when he made his uh boneheaded mistake so maybe the third time's the charm uh against north carolina so 
Um, I think Campbell's will definitely be in that game, um, and especially how Hodge Malik is throwing the ball, ranking top 10 in FCS with um, throwing accuracy. That's what you want to see in a QB. We have a leader um, as a QB, a very veteran QB um, going into Chapel Hill. I don't think that's going to scare him that much. So, um, But the back half schedule is going to look fun especially with the next two weeks. Hopefully the cam will show out, score a lot of points. And then we go into Chapel Hill um, in either ACC Network, ESPN, wherever it's going to be at, have fun against the Tar Hills, whatever happens, happens. Hopefully take some momentum from that, come back home. Very tough uh, scene against Delaware. Um, and then finish it out having fun. Um, in your first year of the CAA in Greensboro against North Carolina A&T. And hopefully that will not be the end of their season. They'll be making a FCS uh, playoff against uh, any one of those great teams that will end up making the FCS playoffs. Dylan, I would love nothing more than for Campbell to go into Chapel Hill on Saturday, November 4th. And upset that wine and cheese crowd. That would be you know awesome. the scenes in Bowie's Creek if that happens. If Do you that- know the scenes in whatever section I'm sitting in if that happens? It's going to be awesome. And yeah. uh, my that's going to be bonkers. Going to be very disappointing to me probably. But anyway, eyes forward, one game at a time. Campbell has a crucial bye week right in the middle of the season where they can regroup. Um, you know, pretty relatively healthy this season, but regroup, you know, fall break as well for uh, all the students on campus. So, you know, maybe a chance to let loose a little bit, relax, and then get back into the swing of things and get ready for Maine. And let's focus on one game at a time and focus on finishing out CAA play with four straight wins with that huge matchup against Delaware on November 11th. But one game at a time. Let's see what these guys can do. And Dylan, how how crazy is it that last last spring Campbell was ranked in the top ten in baseball, and we're talking about hosting a regional, and now we're talking about Campbell possibly making the FCS playoffs, a feat that I know you and myself had no belief that we would ever do that uh, whenever we were in school there. So just once again, Campbell is on the up and up on a lot of levels in a lot of sports. And even at the pro level, of course, we'll touch on that at the end with the MLB playoffs and in the NFL. But an overall exciting time. Campbell has a bye week, a chance to breathe for everybody. Uh, Just enjoy some college football this weekend without me having to yell at uh, the CAA for broadcast online and no score bug. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll touch on that and some props to the CAA as well. But eyes forward for the Camels and, you know, everything is ahead of them and the future uh, is bright over the next couple of weeks and a chance to, you know, to make a statement and make some history for this football team. Uh, Dylan, let's, let's jump in. I'll let you jump into some of the other stuff going on around campus. Uh, talking about our fall sports, and then we'll jump into some baseball, um, some comments from the CAA League office, and just what we have to look forward to over the coming month uh, with basketball going on uh, on the horizon as well. 
Yeah, I'll kind of jump into it. Um, we had um, some sports going on. We actually had a lot of sports going on um, this past week. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so we had cross country here uh, in the location. I'm at the Queen City, Charlotte, North Carolina, um, at the Royals Challenge here in Queens University, um, taking on some of the best uh, Queens. I think South Carolina was there. So a lot of great runners. Uh, so we had men's and women's up here. Uh, we'll start with the women's 5K. Alicia Denara finishing 48th with the time of 1901. Congratulations to her um, with the great finish for the Camels. Um, better finish than the men had. Um, so congratulations to the women, uh, the men with the 8k, um, Hudson Hayes finishing, uh, 107th place in a very deep field. I think there was like over 250 runners, 300, something like that. Um, so he had a time of 2703 in the 8k. So congratulations to them as they move on into their season and getting close, uh, time finishing off their season and starting champs. Um, so, um, I think they have one to two more events and then they'll, uh, getting into championship season for them. So move on to men's soccer. They just have one game versus ODU, um, losing one, nothing on October 3rd. Um, ODU scoring early or ODU is a very good defensive team. Um, and they, they just kind of showed it against the camels. And so it was unfortunate. They were supposed to have a game, um, VCU on the, or camels were supposed to have a game against VCU on the 10th, but that game got postponed. So men's soccer, um, only having the one game, uh, against ODU with their other game getting postponed. Moving on to women's, uh, women's golf in the uh, very tasty um, Invitational, which I think, Andrew, you were at the Roos Chris Tar Heel Invitational? I was. I was there on Monday morning to take some pics, and it was beautiful. It was nice, crisp air, and I was able to see Campbell legend Stan Cole as well and uh, reminisce with him in our time uh, that we spent together while, while I worked there and was a student at Campbell. Yeah, shout out to Stan Cole and the legend himself. Um, the uh, women Campbell finishing 11th above the Baylor Bears and the Miami Hurricanes. Um, so congratulations uh, to them with uh, Isabella Gardmarant um, being the top finisher for the the Lady Campbells uh, tied for 26 at um, 5 over. So congratulations to them at the Ruth Chris Tar Heel Invitational. Very tasty tournament. They did. Um, they had some great pork sliders that I was able to. Grab also, they really served there. it. Uh, they did. They served lunch. I am not positive if I was supposed to get food, um, but they just had like a free flow online. So I went in and they had some really good food. So, you know. Ooh, okay. Well, shout out to Roos Chris uh, for serving the uh, hungry workers, especially Andrew, taking the great pictures um, for the women's golf. Um, and congratulations to Andrew. That was some uh, great pictures um, you post online. So go follow Andrew. Uh, he's posted pictures all the time of uh, Campbell uh, Sports, wherever he is at. Uh, moving on to women's soccer. Um, they had a W uh, this week on the 5th. Uh, Drexler at home with a 3-2 um, dub 
Um, for them, it was a great back and forth game um, with the the late one for the Camels. Um, so I, I that was a I saw the highlights of that game. That game was bonkers, um, and I bet it was bonkers there. Um, so great for them uh, getting their third win on the season. Uh, then they had another CA game against Delaware, tied it up one one. Um, so just Delaware's a tough team. Um, so it's good to see it win the tie, keeping those losses away. Um, hopefully, like I said last week, we can turn some of those ties into wins and kind of sneak into the the conference championship. Because uh, I think it's the top six make it into the conference championship or top eight uh, make it into the conference championship. So hopefully we can sneak our way into um, the conference championship, especially with the boys. They're kind of both the soccer teams are kind of sitting out there um, with with some room to play um, as they kind of get towards the back half of their schedule. Swimming um, hosted uh, UNC Asheville, uh, old big stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't like old Big Southpaws. Um, on October the 6th, uh, coming to the creek, uh, Campbell took six events, unfortunately uh, lost to Asheville, but they took uh, six events, two team and four singles events. So congratulations to the swim team um, on that. They they made it uh, very close towards the end, but UNC Asheville was um, – pulled it out late to get the win in the dual meet. So, um, and they got some more meets coming up. I think they got one late in October. Um, and then I think a couple more in November, either way or at home. And then last but not least, uh, volleyball with a big win against the, the top team Towson, um, on Sunday, which is good to see. Um, Townsend, very hard team in the CA, kind of the benchmark in the CA in terms of volleyball. Um, usually the one that will win the CA championships and go into the uh, NCAA tournament, but it's good to get a 3 0 sweep of Townsend. Unfortunately, they lost 3 0 on Saturday, um, but it's good that we're getting wins out of these tough teams. UNCW the week four, now Townsend. So if we could turn some of those. Uh, weekends into two wins, uh, sitting eight and 10 right now, starting to game some of those wins back. Their conference is looking really, really good in the middle of the top half. Um, could stay there, make this the tournament. Um, and I, like I've seen when I, when we were both in school, uh, this Campbell team, especially with volleyball plays different in a tournament setting. Um, especially when when they're the big south playing teams like high point and, and winthrop um they're not afraid that um coach coral is not afraid of a challenge as um, he said a gauntlet of non-conference so he can make these conference games look pretty pretty easy so um congratulations to him and then as we look ahead um we got um four different sports uh added this week uh, with men's golf at the Georgetown Intercollegial on the 15th and the 16th. Um, so good luck to them. Men's soccer ho- uh, at Elon um, on the 14th. Elon kind of sitting with Campbell in the CEA standing. So it should be a good matchup uh, for the fighting Campbells. Uh, women's soccer will be at Hampton, um, which sits right with them in the CEA as well. I think it's going to be a good win on the 15th, hopefully. 
and then volleyball on the 14th and 15th will host College of Charleston, um, which is an easy win for them. College of Charleston is kind of struggling this year. Um, and don't forget, um, on the 14th, so go visit your volleyball team on the 14th. They had the dig pink, dig pink match. So wear pink, um, to that game, pink out, um, for volleyball as they host College of Charleston. And let's see if we can get a sweep, um, and get on the top of the, or close to the top of the CAA, um, as we get towards the back half of the schedule before tournament time. So that is your look ahead for all Campbell sports. And uh, I think we had some MLB, MLB playoffs happening over the past couple of days with some, with some camels. Uh, I think one who's grabbed national attention um, and made all the Dodgers players look absolutely silly um, as the D backs swept. And I mean, swept, the money-making Dodgers. Yeah, I believe you're talking about Mr. Ryan Thompson, Campbell legend there, uh, the sidearm swinger. Dylan, it was funny. Uh, today, I was looking back through some old emails, trying to find some information about Campbell, and I found the article where uh, I think two years ago, I wrote the release for whenever Ryan Thompson uh, was on opening day, was... He was called to be on the Rays opening day roster, and Cedric Mullins got his call back up to the MLB after his struggles to be on the opening day roster as well. You look at that, I mean, we talk about growth a lot, but you think about how far those two have come with their respective organizations. Well, now Ryan with the the D-backs, but uh, Cedric Mullins going, uh, leading the Orioles, to another playoff berth. And then Ryan Thompson, who got dropped by the Rays, LOL of them. They got bounced in the, in the opening uh, round in the wild card. But then the Diamondbacks are able to pick Ryan Thompson up. And to be completely honest, he's been lights out in the postseason for the Diamondbacks. Uh, in the game last night, they were able to sweep the Dodgers um, and advance to the ALCS. In that game, Ryan did pitch. Uh, he did give up two earned runs, but over the scope of four games pitched, he only gave up two runs in, I believe, five innings pitched, um, which is pretty dang good. And and still then the, the D-backs were up by a lot. Uh, they were able to score those two runs. But the, the Diamondbacks, honestly, their entire pitching staff um, and their bullpen, uh, which Ryan Thompson has touched on publicly, is very, very deep. Um, and we saw this when Ryan was at Campbell. I mean, this dude started, he was a closer. He was a, oh shit guy. I mean, if you want to be completely honest, like we need to throw him in there. I mean, the dude led the nation in ERA, um, one year at Campbell. Um, but whenever you can put him in for one inning, I mean, the dude, I mean, and you go from somebody who's throwing, 98 over the top and then you put uh, Ryan in there and he's slinging at sidearm and really I mean deceiving you with that breaking ball that is nasty uh it's it's tough for hitters to pick up on and that is something that he dominated with at Campbell and look he's found his niche uh, in the MLB and with the Diamondbacks who are going to the NLCS four wins away from Oh, the second World Series appearance for Ryan Thompson in his career. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy. I mean, that, they were doing TikTok videos. Uh, I think I saw a TikTok from uh, MLB where they had the 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 camera on top of him, uh, just looking at his delivery and how far he stretches out from from the from the pitching mound to kind of all the way towards the end of end of the hill. So, um, like you said, when you're going from a, a 98, um, like a Zach Gallen or, or Merrill Kelly. Um, and you're going straight to a side armor who, who's kind of throwing frisbee style. Uh, he's got a sweeper that starts from one end, goes to the other. That's a no fun to face. Um, I think he gave up the two runs because it's it's the Dodgers. I think he pitched in in game one against the Dodgers. So when you see a familiar opponent, um, they kind of start picking up the stuff. Um, so, I mean, it, Ryan's been lights out since then. I think he's going to be lights out. Hopefully the D-backs uh, turn it into the 0-1 D-backs, make it into the World Series so we can see our boy Ryan Thompson pitch in the World Series. Um, unfortunately, Cedric um, was knocked out by the uh, Rangers and the Braves. I put a jinx on them. Sorry, Braves fans, uh, but they did not pick Alan Winans to be on the playoff roster. Thus, in force is the Campbell jinx. Yep. Um, Don't and, care if they lose. It's all yep. on them. They had a Sorry. chance to have an entire fan base behind them, and they blew it. Yeah, I, I made my plea. I think he should have started yesterday's game. No offense to Bryce Elder. Um, I think he should have started. They needed a pitcher and uh, before Strider, and that would have been the Alawanis part. But nevertheless, uh, sorry, Braves. We're we're all D backs fans as we uh, get behind Ryan Thompson, um, and hopefully he takes us to the World Series, um, and we can enjoy it with him as we see uh, Ryan. Uh, hopefully in a world series with the diamondbacks and they throw it back to 2001 and uh, upset uh, whoever they face. But uh, I think we look forward to either the Braves or the Phillies. And if it's the Braves, hopefully Braves, you may add someone to your roster. I think you can, but nevertheless, we're going to be rooting for Ryan Thompson. If the Braves add Winans, if they beat the Phillies and add Winans, to their roster for the NLCS. I, I do believe that Campbell Twitter will explode. That'll be awesome. You'll have Ryan Thompson and Alan Winans pitching in the NLCS, and that'll just be great. Uh, Braves, if you don't do that, then it's going to be the Ryan Thompson bandwagon over here and all D-backs, baby. Uh, but talking about Ryan Thompson, uh, over his, this postseason, he has pitched in four games, five innings pitch, struck out four, he had an ERA of 3.60, and that uh, inflation there is just coming from yesterday's game where the D-backs were still able to win. So just some overall impressive numbers for Ryan Thompson, who, to complete, be completely honest, uh, whenever he was with the Rays, he saw a lot of up and down, moving back and forth between Durham and Tampa Bay. I mean, a lot of frequent flyer miles there for, for Ryan. Um, but honestly, kind of cool. You saw a lot of people get a chance to see him in Durham. Um, while he was still getting some stint there with uh, the Rays at the MLB level. But now it seems that he's found his home uh, with the D-backs, and they are four wins away from Ryan Thompson's second World Series appearance, which which is awesome. And, and you look across the entire scope of, of baseball in North Carolina, we talk about it a lot. I got some rivalries going on there at Campbell, ECU, NC State, UNC, a lot 
of great baseball programs. And you looked at that list and every there was three or four teams that had two players uh, on MLB rosters in the postseason. The Campbell was right there with them and was really uh, one terrible decision away uh, by the Braves from having three. Um, so, and you know, Winans was right there on the edge. He was right on the cut. Um, you know, Braves, that's, that's their own thing. But, you know, you really, you were very borderline to having three uh, guys on a postseason roster. And then you also loop Neto back into that, who made his own statement this year with the Angels as a rookie. And he will only continue to get better. And hopefully the Angels can figure it out and, and get some, I mean, I don't even know if they need pieces around them. I mean, they have pieces there. They just have to figure it just, out. Just, just, uh, just build around Neto. Build around. They got Ohapi, his uh roommate, um, yeah. down at the Trash Pandas. Shout out the Trash Pandas. Um, they have a great Twitter page, by the way. Oh my God, their their Twitter is amazing. Uh, I still need to buy a jersey from them. Uh, sorry, Trash Pandas. Life is tough sometimes. So, um. Just great Twitter uh, for them, but uh, hopefully they can build around Zach Neto. And that's not even touching all the all the guys that we have in the minor league. Uh, Spencer Packer, Thomas Harrington, Cade, who just got drafted. Um, Ty Cummings, um, Bryce Arnold, who saw some time with the Blue Jays. Ryan Chasey, uh, yeah, the minor league for the Blue Jays. Ryan Chasey also with the the Blue Jays. Um, I'm probably forgetting a lot of people. Yeah, um, Packard with the Mariners, who yeah, Packard with the Mariners. Um, so we got a lot of guys moving through the system, um, especially with the how the system is gonna is going in terms of quick call ups, especially with draft picks. I think um, the the draft pick for the Braves, Hudger Wallstrip, was like a triple A. Uh, fortunately, K got a uh, slower start. I I think he would have would have fired it pretty well. Might have been triple A myself, but uh, that's just me being a biased Campbell fan. So, um, but a lot of guys moving through the minor league system, um, getting their time, and um, hopefully we get some more call ups. Um, but. Uh, it's good to see some guys hit the spotlight, and we are fully on the Ryan Thompson bandwagon. D-backs, let's take it to the World Series, bring a ring, and let's get Ryan Thompson a ring as a D-back, and hopefully he stays a D-back for a while, and then next year moving forward, we see a lot of guys um, moving through the minors, and hopefully he gets more called up like Spencer Packard, um, and some some more Allen hopefully getting a full-time spot with, with the Braves next season. So um, it's good to see a lot of, a lot of guys moving, moving around and hopefully we'll get to talk to some of them uh, in the next coming weeks uh, as we pick their brain um, over the season, ask, ask how their season was and uh, give them some insight as to uh, what they're dealing with on the, Day to day basis as a minor leaguer or MLB. Yep, Dylan, you touched on it. We we have uh, hopefully we're going to line up a lot of content uh, baseball related um, when the fire is hot. That is uh, 
you know, where you want to roast your marshmallows, I guess. I don't even know what I said. That sounded like Evan Butterbitch. Ah, uh, that was an, Evan would be so proud of you. Yes. Uh, so Evan, I'm sure when you listen to this, you'll text us. We have a great uh, group chat with Evan. He is a good friend of both of ours. Uh, when we Shout both out to Evan. Campbell. Um, but yeah, that was a, that was an Evanism right there. Uh, but but yeah, as you touched on, uh, we're going to try to line up a lot of baseball content and and kind of spread it out as we uh, continue in the fall ball, transition into the winter, and then as we really gear up for baseball season, we I st- we started the the Campbell baseball alumni thing for like one episode I did uh, in June, and then I got really busy busy with my own uh, personal business, so I wasn't able to do a lot. Um, but you know, there's a lot of success going on and the minors and then the MLB, and we're hoping to get some of those guys, some of those guys on the pod, uh, to get those personal stories about them, their relationship with head coach, Justin Hare, his impact on them as players and as human beings. And maybe we'll even talk to number three himself, Justin Hare, uh, fall ball is going on Dylan. I was really hoping whenever we were talking about Zagneto that you would have mentioned Mr. Shohei Otani because Campbell seems to have their own Otani themselves as in the pro day earlier this week. Grant Niff, the home run, home plate stomping catcher was tossing 98 miles an hour on the freaking mound this week. Where we don't did need, this come from? We don't need Shohei Atani. Like, we have our own Shohei Atani in, in the creek. Grant Nip throwing absolute laser beams. We didn't know this. Grant said, I don't think Grant has said anything unless he said anything to, to his teammates, but throwing absolute lasers. Like, I'm talking, I think they posted a video. Uh, of it but throwing absolute laser beams in 98 into a strike zone like where has this been i i want to i would love to have coach air on to maybe see if if they didn't know this or they just kind of let grant nip have a fun time on the mound uh but throwing absolute laser beams so uh hopefully we see some we've had uh position players in the past with uh matthew barefoot um, he did a little bit of pitching here and there for the Campbells during his time. Um, was also slinging homers um, for for a living, but also was on the mound as a Wednesday um, starter for the Camels. So hopefully we see Grant Nip maybe come out of the if bull bullpen or just taking his catcher gear off right then and there, saying, "Hey, I'm going to be a pitcher." I think that would confuse an opponent if he just took his catcher's gear off right on the whole plate, said, hey, I'm going to the mound. Um, but absolute laser beams from Grant Nip. Uh, so, Grant, I, I'd be lobbying for Coach, ha- Coach Hare to give you a bullpen spot. We want to see laser beams against some of the opponents that we're going to have this season. And we also want to see you socket dingers, and uh, we will crown you – uh, the next Shohei Otani, as we have uh, some more interesting uh, Japanese players coming over to the States, hopefully in the next coming years, hopefully we can get some of those coming to the Creek. I've been protesting 
for for them to come to the creek. We've established a JUCO pipeline. Why not establish the Japan pipeline? You know what I mean? Like let's yeah, let's, like Suzuki. Like well, I, you need a translator. We'll get you a translator with Hari Nato. Um, you guys are coming over to the states. Don't go to Vandy, even though uh, Coach uh, Coach Shoemaker will do you great wonders um, over there. No offense to him and Coach Corbin, they'll be great. Um, but they just released their schedule, and no offense, they have a soft uh, schedule coming up. Um, but come over to Campbell, come over to the creek. The creek is different. I know it's going to be a little bit smaller than probably thousands of people in the Tokyo Dome. But it's the creek. We're different. Your teammates will love you. We'll get you. I, Campbell will get you a translator. It doesn't even matter. We want to see you sock dingers with Peyton Bonds and also the two way player, Mr. Shohei Otani, Grant Nip. Hey, Billy's Creek is all about baseball without distractions, as Justin Hare has talked about. And he has said works in the recruiting process. So let's make it happen. But yeah, let, let's let's just let's talk about Grand Nip. What my prediction? Early early prediction. All right, Dylan, you yourself and I both have seen the full uh, baseball schedule. Um, Campbell, so I'm not releasing anything special. Yeah, Campbell no, I'm always, sorry, you came to the wrong pod if you think this is gonna be released. Campbell it. Campbell always plays ECU at home. Of course, the the first. Tuesday after the opening series. It like look back at the schedule. Uh, ever yeah. since I was there, that's how it works. And then they go back to Greenville like late in May, like May 18th, around that time, every year. So I'm not like dilute like giving you any information that you couldn't have put together on your own. But Grant Nip is going to catch the whole game. And he's gonna hit a a go-ahead home run in the eighth inning. And then he's gonna come in. He's going to throw 98 in the top of the ninth. Let's say bye-bye Pirates. Campbell wins. They're going to be 4-0 to start the season after they sweep their opening series against a team that you'll Ooh. find out about in about a month or so. Oh, you almost got you almost got caught slipping there. I, I knew you wanted to say it, but I, I love it. I think that would probably send ECU fans on Twitter uh, dormant as we probably uh, have our we get our troll on on Twitter X whatever you want to call it I'm still calling it Twitter no offense it's going to go back to that eventually that's my bold prediction but I would love to see Grant Nip just dunk on ECU in Bowie's Creek um, just doing everything from socking homers to painting um, on the mound to to going on the mound himself an absolute dotting 98 miles per hour, having those ECU guys confused. There's going to be a lot of new guys for ECU. They had a lot of, lot of graduates and seniors move on. I know uh, coach Godwin will recruit as always and make it fun. But uh, yeah, I have, I, I agree with that sentiment. I think that would send uh, the Creek into an absolute frenzy and a half. Uh, and grease the light poles if Grant Nip is downing 98 to beat ECU um, on that second, um, the first midweek uh, of the season. So grease the light poles, call the Bowie's Creek security. Grant Nip is on the loose beating ECU. 
If Grant Nip does that, then Jared Belbin, who launched those two absolute moon shots that sent me into a craze in the jungle last year in Greenville, he's going to have to transfer his fatherhood over to Grant Nip because he's going to be the pirate's new daddy. All right. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be fun. As we touched on, uh, we have seen uh, the full baseball schedule. It's going to be really fun. Um, but we don't, we don't want to get in trouble. Last year, the schedule was released on November 8th. Um, so within a month or so, you'll probably see it. Uh, but a lot of unique opponents, um, a lot of opponents that'll rile up some good rivalries. And, and I think chance. definitely fun for CAA. Um, CAA is going to be very, very fun this year. Um, in terms, in terms of that. The CEA is going to be different. Uh, Campbell fans, this is not going to be you're going into Radford beating them 26 to 5. Oh, my God. That was terrible. That was absolutely atrocious, and I feel bad. I think fully caffeinated went up to Radford, and I want to repay him myself. I love Radford. I like for the murder. murder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I live in Radford. Or No, I don't live in Radford. My mom lives in Radford. Um, it's a very nice place, but it's not baseball friendly. Um, so, um, so fully come to a CAA game, it's going to be much closer. Um, and you always have the battle of 421 uh, against UNCW, where hopefully we make Mr. Bryce Coda do something else ridiculous. Um, yes, sorry, Bryce, we're going to make you do something ridiculous this year. We let you off light by only posting a picture in your camel's outfit. Maybe we'll put you in the camel this year and have you parade around uh, Jim Perry Stadium um, because you left us and went over to a now rival and now a conference rival. So I think schedule is going to be great this year. Um, and like Andrew said, probably be around November 8th. Hopefully um, they will give us a Halloween treat early and maybe release it. But if we have to wait till then, that is fine. We will break it down here on the pod and hopefully have Coach Aaron to break it down, see what he likes about it. All respect to Bryce Coda. He is a good friend of mine. Um, yeah, we love Bryce Coda here on the pod. But yeah, he did only leave his profile picture up of him in the Camel's, Campbell jersey for maybe a day. Um, but it's all good. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll have a lot of content. Maybe when, when the schedule drops, since we already have, um, some, some insight, um, ahead of time, we'll, maybe we'll do like a Twitter space. We'll get back into that realm a little bit. Um, that was really fun last season, um, during baseball season, but we're definitely going to head that way. Let the Dylan, let, let's like baseball in this, this program just get, gets me a little bit excited. Let, let's just talk about a little bit more about Nip, and then we'll move into some other guys. Nip had a fastball up to ninety-eight, breaking ball at nine at seventy-nine to eighty-one, and uh, twenty-six hundred RPMs and a mid-eighties changeup. So that's just not a, a guy who who like oh, coach, I can throw hard. Like he, he's he's mixing in some other stuff, which is awesome. Let's also talk about another hurler. Uh, that Justin Hare has brought in this year. Another, we talked about that Juco pipeline. It is strong with the Camels. Brought in uh, another guy, Derek uh, Vartanian. Uh, he was tossing a 97-98 fastball um, straight out of the chute for the Camels. 
I mean, Campbell, yes, it's going to be a different team this year. But whenever you have established this culture and the culture that is about winning and about a brotherhood and about winning championships year in and year out, you don't, you don't like redo stuff. You don't, you know, you just reload. Like it's not a rebuild. It's a reload. And we've seen this year after year. Dylan, to be completely honest, I thought the Camels baseball team was going to be terrible last year. They lost Zach Neto. You know, they lost, you know, quality pitching. I was not, I was not uh, very confident. But I'd be dang if they weren't ranked in the top 10 and on the verge of hosting a regional last year. So what's to expect that we're not going to just reload again and let's do it all over again? Yeah, I mean, if you just look at this team, I mean, they release a, 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 a 2024 roster um, that could change. And I'm just kind of looking at it. A lot of pitchers, um, a lot of freshmen, a lot of Juco, like you said, um, that Juco pipeline is strong. Uh, and you got a lot of the guys. It's kind of the same turnaround we saw last year, where we thought Campbell was wasn't going to be their best. But you have a lot of those guys that that you look at this roster and you you kind of think uh, they're not going to be as well. They lost Cade. They lost Ty Cummings. Daniel Brown, who wasn't there a lot of this year, he went off to the MLB. Bryce Arnold, he left for the MLB. We had some guys uh, transfer um, as well. So a lot of a lot of reshuffling and reloading. But you look at this look at this team just quickly. Um, Dalen Thompson's still there. Peyton Howard's still there. The Law Lawson Harrell still there. Uh, I mean Jackson Roberts, um, Chance, who's probably going to be the ace on this team. Um, Grant Nip, who's Mr. Shohei Otani himself, Jeremy Wagman, who's going to feature a lot in this team, um, Jonah Oster, who was killing the Cape Cod League. Um, you got Peyton Bonds coming in. You got Garrett Kangas. Uh, I'm missing a, a lot of guys just coming in. Um, I, especially a guy that I think uh, fully caffeinated kind of pointed out. Uh, Camille Freeman Jr., I don't know how much he's going to be there, but I kind of saw some tape on him. He was throwing hard. Um, Yeah, he was was sitting like 90 to 93 uh, straight out of high school. So, you know, if it's any anything like any of the other guys who have been through this program, he's going to juice that up a little bit. And, you know, maybe this year we see him, but definitely in future years, going to have some more gas coming from, from that arm there. Oh, yeah. I mean, so, again, it, we're going to probably end up predicting that Campbell might, and especially with the new conference, it's going to be very, very interesting um, to see how it, it is. You're not going to have the 26 to 5 so Radfords. You're going to have very, very tough competition in 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 um, UNCW, in William & Mary. You're not going to go in. There we yeah, go. Very good luck. Northeastern. Um, who was uh, right there skirmishing with UNCW for the CAA title? So you're gonna you're gonna have it's not gonna be a cakewalk. You're gonna be going into these teams, or these teams are gonna come to you, and it's gonna be it, it's they're gonna give you a challenge, and I think that's gonna help 
um, these guys more, um, especially if they get on that run. Like we're we're so accustomed of, of seeing Campbell getting on, and especially with some of the games coming up, I'm very very excited. Especially some of the midweeks coming up with the some familiar foes. Um, the typical foes that you see. And um, I think it builds up better, especially when you get into that NCAA tournament, when you're, you're in a group of four and you're trying to get out of a get out of that regional. And I think CEA, especially the non-conference that coach Hare and his staff has set up is going to help Campbell once they get into that regional to hopefully make a super regional, maybe as a two seed and hopefully maybe as a one, um, but we can get into a super regional and then dominate and then hopefully make it, make it into a super regional um, for the, for the first time and uh, make some noise. So I think that's the schedule lines up and with the staff he's bringing in, and this is probably just a preliminary roster. Um, we don't know exactly who's going to be on it, who's going to stay on it, who might transfer, who might come in. We don't know, but I think we have a we have an understanding of who's going to be there come the third week of February, or yeah, third week of February, um, when the Campbells, uh, the Fighting Campbells, uh, take the field for um, the opening day, wherever they're going to be at. Yeah, and I, I would encourage everyone. This this is just a, a general plug for for Campbell in general. But if if you're really passionate about this baseball program, which from what I can tell from just the content that we put out, I mean, whenever whenever it's baseball, I mean, it, it it's just a lot different. I mean, it it takes off, and that's when we really started this whole thing. Um, was really around this this baseball program taking off last year. And if you're really passionate about this baseball program, uh, you know, they have a, their own thing. It's called the Diamond Bullpen Club. I mean, you can, you can give as little as like $50, I think. Um, but that, but that gets you, uh, invited. I mean, they have like, uh, preseason dinner. You can meet the whole team and stuff. I'll be completely honest. Going in last year, I was, I was down on this team. Like, uh, like I said, uh, before, but I went to that. Uh, dinner. I heard Coach Hare talk. I mean, that dude will make you run through a brick wall. I talked to some people. They kind of gave me some insight on where people were going to slot in. And I tell you what, it was pretty spot on of where those guys ended up slotting in. And as the season progressed, you saw this team grow a lot. You saw this team beat top 25 teams. You saw this team beat top 10 teams. You saw this team break into the top 25, break into the top 15 break into the top 10 and you saw this team on the verge of hosting a NCAA regional in Bowie's Creek at Jim Perry stadium. I mean, unprecedented success and it's just going to keep on rolling this year. So that's just something to keep an eye on. And not to mention Dylan, the thing that's going to propel the camels over the top this year is they have a freshman right-handed pitcher named Kale Scruggs. This dude is named after a vegetable and it is awesome. And I, we're going to, we have the new hump out there in right field that Coach Hare and everybody, they're renovating it. We're going to have a kale garden in right field and it's going to be awesome. And it's going to be dedicated to number 46, Kale Scruggs. And I yeah. cannot wait. Fully, fully, you might have to uh, put in some kale um, on, on the grill 
um, when you're grilling out over at the hump. Uh, hopefully we can get him uh, out to more grill um, or we can get that going as a tradition. Uh, put some kale on the grill and kale scrugs um, getting for the camels. And I know they will probably have something on the video board, meaning that to death, I could see it now. Kale will be everybody's favorite vegetable, and it will be the vegetable of Camel fans and Camel kids um, as the baseball season moves on. And um, hopefully it will become the vegetable of choice uh, throughout the whole entire year. So make sure Campbell fans, Campbell families get your kale while you can before kale scrugs um, makes it sell out for all the grocery stores around Bowie's Creek and the Raleigh area. Yeah, we could obviously talk about baseball for a very, very long time. Um, it's just fun. I mean, the team's good. Top 10 last year. Really fun. Uh, we'll definitely have more content for you moving forward. Um, Joe Healy from D1 Baseball was there this this week for Scout Day, so I'm sure they're going to have their uh, Campbell Baseball Fall Scouting Report coming out on D1Baseball.com. Uh, you can get a subscription there, or you can just join uh, our Discord chat, and I'll just send you the information myself, and then you don't have to pay all that money to them. And anytime they post something about us, you can get that exact same thing. Um, and the Discord do, is free. They do great work uh, over there at D1 Baseball, and I would encourage everyone, uh, the more you interact with anything that you see uh, from a national uh, news outlet on social media and on the interwebs, the more you interact with it, the more content you're going to get because they make their money through clicks. And whenever you click, they want to post more content. We saw that throughout the year of baseball season last year. We had our core little group and we blasted that train to the moon. And if you continue to engage with them, and give them those clicks that they're looking for. They're going to give you more content uh, that you're going to enjoy. And it just gives more buzz to the entire program, to the university, and everything. Dylan, I'm getting way too worked up about baseball, and it is October Ooh, Keep on going. Like, just keep on going. You are hyped to the moon, and I am right there with you. I think... I, I think Evan might somebody might regret sending us the schedule um, because we look at it and then we just lick our chops. And especially with this team, um, the D1 baseball will rank this team. Hopefully, I believe this team will be ranked. And then that sets the target right on our back for CAA opponents as they want to knock off. Hopefully the Kings of the CAA. I know UNCW. And uh, former Campbell coach, Coach Hood, is going to be licking his chops, wanting to be the guy that knocks off Campbell and makes it, reminds them that this is their conference too. I know Northeastern is going to be knocking at the door as well. And all the teams of the CAA want a piece of Campbell and Coach Hare. And I think Coach Hare will show them that we will be the King Kong of this conference and we we will make sure that they know the finding camels right off the bat. And this is our conference and the conference run through Bowie's Creek. Absolutely. And uh, not to throw Evan under the bus, he gave us a little. Uh, uh, it, was, it was my birthday. I mean, a little, all, little I, all microscope. I asked 
a small glimpse of the non-con and then uh, some investigative reporting by myself. I was able to locate the entire schedule today, but I don't disclose my sources. Uh, Dylan is not in trouble. Only, we, only no, no, no. people who know uh, the camera schedule along with number three himself. But anyway, exciting time. Football is here. Football is obviously here. We talked about that in the first segment. Basketball is a month away. Uh, personally, Kane's hockey is back. That was fun. They won earlier this week. Um, and then fall, fall ball is going on for baseball. And baseball season is only a couple months away, which is awesome. Like we mentioned, that schedule release should be coming out within the next month. So over the next month, you have football going on. You have fall ball going on. You have the Campbell baseball schedule being dropped. And you have Campbell men's and women's basketball all within a one-month span on the horizon and just excitement all around. And you have uh, both soccer teams competing, uh, you know, working their way up in the standings. And you have volleyball, who I wanted to touch on this earlier, but we started talking about baseball, and I just got all, all frazzled. <laughs> Uh, but Blacked the out. volleyball volleyball team is one game out of first place in the CAA standings. Um, and when you play those Saturday Sunday contests um, against teams every single weekend in the CAA, if you can win sweep a weekend, that goes a long way in the NCAA standings and some very winnable games uh, for the Camels coming up on the volleyball side. But uh, we will talk with head coach Kevin McGeehan sometime soon uh, to preview the men's basketball schedule. I'm going to try to go to Bowie's Creek to catch some fall ball sometime, take some picks, and talk to some people there, uh, maybe get a little more insight. And then as, hey, hopefully in a month or so, we can get World Series champion Ryan Thompson on the pod and talk a little Campbell baseball with him. But, uh, Dylan, it's been a fun one. Uh, we haven't talked this freely, I feel like, in a long time. I just want to give a shout-out to Dylan. He does put a lot of uh, time and effort into this. He makes a lot of notes and stuff that goes into it, and then I just get all worked up. Um, but it, it's very exciting. You know, Campbell has grown so much since we were in school there and even since we graduated, even in the past year. Um, when you look at the grand scope of things from the CAA to Pro Humps, uh, to just success on and off the field. Uh, it's really awesome. Uh, but Dylan, it's, it's always fun talking Campbell athletics. And I mean, it's only going to get better. Um, as we continue to grind through football season, inch towards basketball season and see baseball on the horizon. Dylan, thanks for hopping on again. Do you have any final thoughts? We have no predictions for this week. Uh, you can't lose if you don't play. So. Yeah, automatic dub, uh, dub for rest. Um, if, if you guys are feeling the, uh, football, um, Oregon is going to be traveling to Washington and then USC at Notre Dame. That is your football fix. And then go watch the Miami Dolphins or the Chargers play. Maybe you can get a glimpse of some former Campbell athletes and Julian Hill for the Miami Dolphins who are absolutely killing it offensively. And Julian Hill um, being part of that squad and then Brevin Allen for the Chargers. Um, so hopefully you can go see them on and then make sure you tune in to wherever they're going to be at for the D-backs. Go watch the D-backs. Good luck to Ryan Thompson. Hopefully next time we're on the pod, we are talking about 
that Ryan Thompson has is close to for getting that fourth win, making it to a World Series, so he can get that ring, and then we'll have hopefully have Ryan Thompson World Series champion on the pod. Yes, that'll be awesome, Dylan. You almost escaped me not talking about our fantasy. Thanks, Campbell fans. Roll hops. Go subscribe. I picked up my first win of the season, and it only took me playing uh, Mr. Dylan Shanklin himself uh, to pick up my first win of the season in our our, uh, orange and black uh, fantasy football league. I hate you, Justin Fields. You're the worst quarterback in the league. As the famous famous, Uh. uh, Twitter video uh, while we were in high school, said, I'm not going to lie, they had us in the first half. Uh, but we're we're about to make a comeback, and it started last week with a big win over Dylan and his fantasy team. And I almost forgot to throw you under the bus, and I've been looking forward to that all week. Uh, but everyone, have a great week. Music here. Thanks, Andrew, for for that thing. Yeah, everyone, everyone uh, send Dylan your condolences. Um, everyone enjoy the football bye week. Enjoy some regular college football without having to yell at the TV. Uh, we'll touch more on the CAA and, and talks with the CAA office next week. I'm ready to, to get off. Um, but everyone have a great week. We'll chat more with you next week and preview, uh, Campbell as they enter into the last half of the CAA schedule and a big couple weeks coming up for them. Dylan, thanks for hopping on again. Everybody have a fantastic week, and go Camels. Go Humps.